Hello, everyone. Happy Thursday. Welcome back to our Growing in Faith podcast series, where today we'll close out the series with a rundown of the most important lessons we hope you take away from this series. I'll also take some time to explain some things that I may not have explained very well last time. But before we do that, I just wanted to say that it has been wonderful studying this rich passage of faith with y'all and learning how to abide in the living vine that is Christ. Thank you so much for tuning in today, dear friends, and I hope you have taken something away from our time in God's Word these past few weeks. If you're ever in a rut and feel as though you're not abiding in the vine that is Jesus, I encourage you to listen to this podcast again and again because it is always good to go back to His Word and see what Jesus is saying in this passage about abiding faith. We can always rely on the true vine that is Jesus. And with that, let's take a look at the verses of John chapter 15, verses 1 through 17. Feel free to follow along in your physical or digital Bible. Here we go. In verses 1 through 2, Jesus says, I am the true vine, and my Father is the vine dresser. Every branch in me that does not bear fruit, he takes away. And every branch that does bear fruit, he prunes, that it may bear more fruit. When Jesus uses the phrase, I am, in the phrase, I am the true vine, he is admitting that he is fully God. God called himself, I am, in the Old Testament. In verses 1 and 2, Jesus is saying that God the Father, the vine dresser, brings us, dead branches, to Jesus, the living vine. The dead branches are then preserved, kept alive, and made fruitful through their connection to the vine. In the same way, through abiding in Jesus in faith, Christians are kept alive eternally through Christ's sacrifice on the cross and his resurrection. Moreover, we as branches are pruned through our repentance of our sins to God. When we repent, we admit to God that we have broken his laws, meaning we acknowledge our sinful nature and our just deserts of death. However, the other part of repentance is that for Christ's sake, God forgives us our sins. Therefore, pruning is an act of mercy. From that place of pruning, of repentance, we can then walk in God's abounding love and produce his good fruits, turning away from the sins that harmed us in our lives and showing God's love for others in multiple ways. We have a merciful vine dresser, friends. Praise be to his name. In verse 3, Jesus says, Already you are clean because of the word that I have spoken to you. This verse also points to forgiveness. Christ cleanses us through forgiveness through his death on the cross and resurrection. In the first chapter of his gospel also, John calls Jesus the word. So we are cleansed from our sins by the word, by Jesus. Moreover, Jesus revealed this cleansing of us through faith in the words that he spoke to us. Thereby, we are clean because of the word that Jesus, the word, has spoken to us. Then, verse 4. As the branch cannot bear fruit by itself unless it abides in the vine, neither can you unless you abide in me. In faith, Jesus has intimately connected himself with you. That means Jesus is feeding you, feeding us, providing us the humility, the strength, the joy, and the peace to make it through each day. We are safe in the knowledge that no matter what the world throws at us, we are his branches, and we can rest peacefully in God's grace because we have the greatest gift of all, eternal life, salvation from our sins, 
through the living vine alone. And Jesus says in verse 5, Whoever abides in me and I in him, he it is that bears much fruit. For apart from me, you can do nothing. Jesus is God who gives us, his dead branches, life through his death and resurrection. Christ earned blessings through his perfect life here on earth, and we can share in them through faith in him. Being melded to Jesus and sharing in his blessings inevitably produces good fruits in us. Good fruits look like putting others first in our lives, forgiving others, praying for others, and sharing God's love, joy, peace, patience, kindness, and all the rest of the fruits of the Spirit in all we do. Moreover, dwelling in Christ is where we find our purpose. And abiding in Christ is living a life of repentance and forgiveness, where we stay firmly rooted in his word and entwined in prayer. These five verses create the foundation for the discussion of the next 12 verses. So let's keep going. In verse 6, Jesus says, If anyone does not abide in me, he is thrown away like a branch and withers. And the branches are gathered, thrown into the fire, and burned. Jesus is not pulling punches when he describes the eternal reality of those who do not abide in him in faith. Because of their sins, they will be sentenced to eternal torment on the last day. However, Jesus doesn't want that eternal reality for anyone. That is why he came to save us from our sins through his death and resurrection. In verse 7, Jesus continues, If you abide in me and my words abide in you, ask whatever you wish and it will be done for you. As we abide in Jesus, Jesus transforms our hearts to pray for things in line with God's will, which is ultimately the best way that things can turn out. When we pray for God's will to be done, Jesus transforms our hearts to desire what God wants, which is perfect and better than anything we could ever want of our own will. In verse 8, Jesus says, By this, by abiding in Christ, my Father is glorified, that you bear much fruit and so prove to be my disciples. In being connected to the vine, a dead branch comes alive through the nutrients the vine gives to the branch. When we spend time in God's word, in prayer, and worshiping him, abiding in Christ, we are receiving the nutrients that Jesus provides for us to live out in our daily lives. In abiding in the vine, we learn to do God's will and bear much good fruit as Jesus provides. Jesus then proclaims his love for us in verse 9. As the Father has loved me, so I have loved you. Abide in my love. This is a great reminder that no matter what you've done, what you've been through, what you've said, know that Jesus loves you more than anything imaginably possible. Paul says in Romans that neither height nor depth nor anything else in all creation will be able to separate us from the love that is from the love of God in Christ Jesus our Lord. In connection with his love for us, Jesus goes on to say in verse 10, If you keep my commandments, you will abide in my love, just as I have kept my Father's commandments and abide in his love. Jesus' commandments here are the same as the Ten Commandments. They just sum them up. Love the Lord your God and love your neighbor as yourself. In faith, when we do these things, we abide in Christ's love in the same way that Jesus keeps his Father's commandments and abides in his love. 
Moreover, Jesus says in verse 11 that he told us these things that my joy, that Jesus' joy may be in you and that your joy may be full. We have a life-fulfilling joy when we abide in Christ, friends. In our abiding with Christ and our knowledge of his love for us, Jesus tells us in verses 12 through 13, This is my commandment, that you love one another as I have loved you. Greater love has no one than this, that someone lay down his life for his friends. We are called to love others the way Jesus loves us, unwaveringly. Loving like Jesus looks like forgiving others for what they've done, even when it's hard. It's an amazing blessing to you both, you and the person you're forgiving when you've forgiven them. We also love others like Christ when we pray for them, whether they are our enemies or our friends. Finally, we can show Christ-like love to others by putting their wants and their needs ahead of our own, loving and living self-sacrificially. Jesus is the person who provided the best example of this self-sacrificing love. We are Jesus' friends, as he tells us in verse 14, and he laid down his life for us. He modeled his love through his death on the cross for us, and we can model our love for others through putting their needs and their desires first in our lives. We love others like Jesus loves us in this way. And now we're on to yesterday's verses. In verse 14, Jesus says that we are his friends if we do what he commands us. We do not become Jesus' friends by obeying him. Rather, we are first Christ's friends through faith that his death and subsequent resurrection saved us from our sins. What verse 14 is saying that because we are Christ's friends in faith, we do as Christ commands through his help alone and produce good works a.k.a. good fruits. Then in verse 15, Jesus continues with the idea of believers being his friends. No longer do I call you servants, for the servant does not know what his master is doing, but I have called you friends. For all that I have heard from my father, I have made known to you. As believers, we are friends of God, not slaves. The vine dresser brings us to our vine, to Christ, and we receive the gift of faith in him. And as friends of Christ, we can learn about all that God has made known known to us through his capital W word, through Christ and through the Bible. In verse 16, Jesus says, You did not choose me, but I chose you and appointed you that you should go and bear fruit and that your fruit should abide, so that whatever you ask the Father in my name, he may give it to you. Jesus is saying that he chose us and called us to believe in his word. And he calls people in each generation to know the truth in him, and he will do so until his kingdom comes. Moreover, Jesus calls and appoints us to bear his good fruit, to pray for one another, to forgive one another, to love others more than ourselves, and to share the fruits of the Spirit with them. Furthermore, he hopes and says that the good fruit we bring out through witnessing new disciples will further abide in him and bear good fruit just as we do. And we've made it. The final verse, John 15, 17. These things I command you so that you will love one another. At the end of the day, loving others looks like what Jesus did for us on the cross, putting someone else's needs and desires above our own. This is what we have been called to do as believers in Jesus. 
We can love others like this, self-sacrificially, when we abide in the living vine that is Christ. Remember, our love for others stems from Him. He is our vine who is providing the love in our hearts to do these good things for others. So let our Christ-provided love bloom in our hearts and and in our lives, friends. Be a beautiful branch for Christ, who abides in Him, letting His love shine forth, burst forth in everything we do. Thank you all for listening in today, and I pray that you have learned and been encouraged by this podcast series. And don't forget to tune in next week as we'll start our new series on finding our purpose. Please also let us know if you have any feedback for us. Ella and I would love to discuss and incorporate any ideas y'all have into this podcast, so please don't hesitate to reach out to us. You can either catch me on campus or send me an email at jek6 at rice.edu. I hope to talk to you soon. And with that, I'll close this podcast. Thank you all again for tuning in, and I look forward to being with you again next Thursday. Always know that you are loved dearly by us and by God. Talk with you soon, and God's blessings to you as you go throughout this day. Goodbye!